Uh, 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 mm, uh, 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 okay. Are you ready for this podcast? Mm, are, are you, you, you ready, ready, ready? Pod, pod, it's... pod. It's September 25th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 125. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Hi, Chris. Hey, Jake. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's fine. I heard you got a video game system today. I got a or new... Or like someday recently. I got a new video game console. Yeah? I got a Nintendo 3DS. I got Doug's old 3DS because oh. he, he got the XL. So Oh, you disappointed? That's not cool enough? I didn't spend money on a video it's, game system. I know, but I feel like... I, th- I think it's an, a show of some dollars. Like, no. like voting with your wallet would have shown that you were serious. Dollars were spent because he gave me the system, but he was nice enough to wipe it. So I got the, like the new 3DS user experience. I pressed the little button. He was nice enough to wipe it. You oh, so, uh, sorry. He, he cleared its memory when he said, "I really didn't realize that you got the new download, like turn on the new hardware experience." Yeah. Until you said that, because I saw him wiping it with a baby wipe in my head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he wiped it off. I and literally like, thought that's what he, he did, said. Like, was it was also shine, very you know? clean. It was very clean on the outside. Well, Doug is very fastidious. And it was restored to factory defaults, so I got to press a little button, and it says, turn 3D up all the way. And then the DS logo goes, and like goes into the <laughs> distance in 3D. And then goes flying back at you, no? No, it just oh. sort of dissolved away. Oh. But the first thing that I did was I went into the... Whatever the store, it is, the, the store, shop. the e-shop or no, whatever. Uh, and I bought Super Mario 3D Land. And I played through World 2. Mm. Is that a new game or is that a remake of Super Mario Land? <laughs> no, it is a new game. It's called Super Mario 3D Land because Nintendo has run out of weird names to stick in front of and behind the word Super Mario. I and, think. and Universe, new. Galaxy, World. And Land was the originally... Uh, the Game Boy one. Yeah. Super Mario 3D Land is... Brothers. Super, it's not called Brothers. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the other things they say. Oh, cart. New. Two. They put new in front of it a lot now. Yeah. Um, it's an... It's, 64 sometimes. Mario 3D Land is, I think, at least a year old, so it's not like a, a cutting-edge game in any way. Luckily, no giant games come out this week. New I, games. Oh, I have that game. I know. And I haven't played it yet. Um, I'm going to talk about goddamn Mario 3D Land for I a second, though, because it is cool. What makes it cool? Um, I guess I'll start by talking about the new Super Mario Brothers games, which are the straight up like 2D yeah. Mario games that are. Uh, I'm into those. It's not like those. Okay, but it's not like them in a way that I really like. It kind of splits the difference between 2D Mario and Mario 64 in the the levels. What? Huh? I just said what? It's good. Um, an experience a whole new D. The levels are effectively. <laughs> standard Super Mario Brothers platformer levels except that they exist uh, with a little bit of depth in them. Like, you're sort of... You're more or less walking down corridors. It's really hard to explain. Can you exactly. go up and down screen like Double Dragon or yes. something like that? Okay. You can go up and down screen like Double Dragon, but also it is, still, beautiful a, it is still a full 3D game, so it has... It has a kind of directed camera based on where you are in the world, so the it, it doesn't have the, like traditional Mario weird camera issues. Um, and it also is not afraid to just occasionally have parts of the level that really heavily involve depth. Hmm. And it's actually, it's surprisingly cool. Like it, it, it makes the gameplay feel a lot closer to the core sort of just Mario platforming stuff, but you get a lot of the weird sort of stuff that you get out of Mario 64 or Mario galaxy. Like you'll be, you know, just hitting question mark blocks and bashing bricks and sort of, you know, just navigating a level with levels. Uh, and then it'll occasionally have a 3D sort of wall jump thing to hop up a, a situation or you'll get very, very, very high up in the level and then the camera will just sort of tip down over the edge that you're on and you effectively 
like your viewpoint, your point of view changes to be behind Mario for a minute, either like looking down or looking out at a big expanse, and then it's more sort of about the wide open 3D platforming stuff. But the way that it sort of goes in and out of those things is surprisingly seamless. Like there's some parts that are almost isometric feeling, and there's some parts that are almost 2D feeling, and there are almost and there's some parts that feel effectively like you're playing Mario 64 to the point that it occasionally actually unlocks a little bit of C-stick camera control on the touchscreen that then goes away mm. during other setups, but, like, there's no camera cuts or anything. It's just... It's cool. It's weird. And I'm only through the second world, so... Is there a Lakitu? Um, Lakitu's liberal bias is not present in this game. That's too bad. <laughs> to my knowledge. Um, it was it was cool, and I played it with the 3D on, like, a dork, um, and it was actually really enjoyable. You didn't get so, tired or anything? No. <laughs> no, are you disappointed in that? No, no. I wasn't disappointed. It was just normal. But to say, like, there were parts of the game that I actually like. It Thanks wouldn't have mattered if there wasn't 3D on, and it. I was taken into the point that I didn't feel like I was falling for a gimmick. Although, were I watching someone else play it, I probably would have. Like places where you do just get very, 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 very high up, and then you hit like a music block note, and then those sort of rainbow colored notes make the trail that you have to follow, which is a sort of like mm-hmm. you know little incidental collectible thing but they just drop like straight down you know a seven story drop and you have the raccoon tail so uh the whole point is to just deliberately like go just like fly down a huge tunnel of stuff in 3d do they ever abuse like do they ever adjust the depth of the 3d in real time like like a like a vertigo crazy focus uh not that i not that i noticed i mean that game at least not in that not in that game and not that uh i've played it's it's actually it's really restrained for a Mario game in a way that I really, really like. It reminds me, um, well, just, I like New Super Mario Brothers, but it has all these weird, like, affected ornaments that actually impact the gameplay in a way that I really hate. The biggest one is all of the music has the enemies actually stop right. and dance in time with it all the time, so you can't fucking time anything that you do. This doesn't have that. Um, it also has fairly strong visual design for a Mario game, which is super rare. Like, it looks like... People at Nintendo, like, it has the raccoon tail in it for Mario 3. Um, and I think they used that as sort of the beginning of a visual blueprint for the entire mm. game, which is let's look back at the things that the Mario 3 visual branding did and do those everywhere. So the game just has these really, like, this Mario... Checker, like, jaggy lines and stuff? Yeah, it's got, it's yeah. got the 45-degree checker lines, like the ends of the levels of Mario 3. <laughs> the curtains? Yeah. Um, the curtains don't show up, but I one of the things that I have always thought was really surprising and striking about Mario 3 is that its box art was just that flat yellow, yellow background yeah, with right. Mario on it. Mario, so, yeah. like, this game is, this you know, the kind of 3D Mario 64-looking stuff, but all the title all cards yellow. and level interst- interstitials and stuff are just, like, a huge yellow screen <laughs> with just the Mario text on it, and then it wipes away. But, like, it's all... The new Super Mario Brothers games are just kind of ugly, in my opinion, and yeah, this game I is agree. not. They like, don't, they're not very inspired. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cool to, like, open this game up and see the title card just be straight yellow and then a really nicely rendered Super Mario 3D land in the wacky Mario font sure, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's... It's a. It's nice to be playing a like a modern Mario game with, an, with a pretty high degree of restraint and class for Mario. Like it's, mm-hmm. I love, goddamn Mario platformers. So yeah. this is what I love. So thanks 3ds for having that. Also, the sequel is on the Wii U, so I'll be over here bashing my head <laughs> into the wall. Um, yeah, it's really nice that you're enjoying your year of Luigi. I I have not encountered Luigi in here yet, but I feel like the. In the spirit of the year of the Luigi. The table is set for Luigi. <laughs> You've true. left the door open for Luigi. I've left, I've left the door <laughs> open your, for your Luigi Seder. What? <laughs> Where you leave the door open for Elijah Seder? Oh. You ever been to a Seder? Oh, Seder. I heard I heard that as like... Like, like the like the goat man? Yes. <laughs> no. Which like, I, I can never S-A-B-E-R. remember if it's pronounced Seder or Satter. So I always... Oh, okay. In my brain, I, I always like double... You always make sure that when identify. someone says Seder, they're talking about a goat man. <laughs> right. As opposed to right. like... Wait, wait. You're not talking about the Jewish celebration. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, I played that while sitting on my couch. <laughs> Sorry for that. Playing a 3D, like I was imagining just like Goat Man Luigi, Luigi like, coming in into it. your like, oh, home. Oh, Sorry, sorry. Uh, excuse me, honey. I have to open the door. I have to open the door for Luigi. <laughs> oh, it's As, a year of Luigi, honey. We don't know if he's. We don't know when he's going to appear in the game or appear in our apartment. That's well, yeah. Just, folk tradition has it. Folk tradition says Luigi uh, at the full moon. Goat Luigi will enter your home. <laughs> If you leave, <laughs> if you leave the front door ajar, the top half is Luigi, and the bottom half is that of a yeah, goat. Yeah, right. But he's still got legs. horns. Uh, yes, yeah. probably. Um, <laughs> I definitely played that game 
while basically putting my feet up on a table that had a copy of Grand Theft Auto V sitting on it. So, um, <laughs> Take I, that, Hauser Brothers. I just meant to And play, your billion dollars. I meant to Couldn't win over Rodkin. But I bought it. Well, they did. He paid money. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess they don't really care. They don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> their purchase to achievement metric is a little lower than they would have hoped, I guess, because I haven't put the game in my system yet. But maybe mm-hmm. I will. Bring it over to the house. Bring it over tomorrow. Okay, we'll beat it tomorrow. We'll beat the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's... Mm. I've been toying with getting a 3DS or a new Nintendo system for a while, and now mm-hmm. I did, and now I'm happy. Nice. I find myself picking up the 3DS. Like, I've only been I've only been using it for a few days, but I find myself picking it up all the goddamn time the way that I did with my previous Regular DS. DS, yeah. And it's weird. <laughs> oh, well, we all support you playing more video games. One yeah, other I'll thing about it. it that is dumb to say, but just... Just to say it because there's things to say. Because this is a podcast about video games. Microphone over my face. Playing a 3DS for like two hours and then putting it down and then picking up an iPhone 5 and checking tweets on it is kind of gross because of like the exponentially more powerful tech in the iPhone. It's just it's it's <laughs> clear like. Right. The UI right, and pixel the density. You sit like, down your yeah. TI86 and you're like, yeah, you're like up, yeah. Every the DS just has. Everywhere it has load screens, even though it's inside, even though it's entirely solid state. Like, you go to the main menu, the DS logo comes up. It's because it's clearly just hardware rebooting itself. You open up a game, the same thing happens. You press the home screen, you press the home button, it pauses forever, and then the game sort of suspends, but it can only really keep one thing running at a time, and the, the pixel density is lower, the UI is less responsive. And it's all fine. Like, when you're playing the DS, you don't notice at all. But then going to an iPhone is gross because... You can just sort of tell that the OS of the DS, or of the 3DS rather, was a thing that Nintendo did after sort of modern smartphones showed up. Right. So they were able mm-hmm. to borrow enough from it that you can tell that it's different. Like right. that was maybe a mistake. <laughs> right. It's enough of a there's enough of a comparison that you're actually right. making the comparison. Like it, right. ha- it has a home button that you the press, metaphors are similar, and then you see the game like fade halfway down into the background, and the image of the game sort of freezes and scales, mm-hmm. and then all the icons of your programs come in over the top, which is very reminiscent of like an iPhone or Android home screen experience, except that it's just chunky, and you wish that it had instead not done that. Yeah. But anyway, there's probably that Retina Display 3DS coming out <laughs> never. Um. Anyway, that's all I have to say about Nintendo. Cool. I would take Ocarina of Time on the iPad. The opposite. Would you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the opposite of the Retina Display going to the 3DS. That'd be awesome. Ah, that's never going to happen. Of course not. No, I'd still take it. You could take it by jailbreaking your iPad. Do you feel like that would be fun to play, though? You know, um, like, how maybe. would you do it? I think the way I guess people do. I probably am out of the loop on how people do big 3D games like that on yeah. iPad. I don't, I don't know. If I, you, I mean, people, you have to fuck around with it. Like, it's not the best way to play Bastion, but you can play Bastion on iPad. iOS 7 also is the first iOS, and I'm sure Android's had this forever because it seems like the sort of thing that someone would have just made, but iOS 7 is the first iOS to actually have a proper uh, API layer and certification support for third-party controllers. Oh, interesting. So people are now, like, Logitech immediately announced basically an Xbox 360 controller split in two halves that you can uh-huh. put on the oh, sides like of your phone. Onto your iPad or your phone. On your phone or your yeah. iPad or whatever, yeah. And then it actually talks... Because people have... There were sort of hacked around Bluetooth versions of that and stuff, but now there's official support for that. So you could conceivably just... I mean, the emulation scene is going to be the happiest that it's ever been, although I think they already unofficially supported this right, stuff. Yeah, but I'm now... Sure. Surely you could actually just play Ocarina of Time with effectively an N64 controller ripped in half. You just have to be a bad person. Hmm. Crazy. Yes. Speaking of systems and operating systems. Oh, man. Is that Steam shit today? Yeah. Well, by the time this episode comes out, they will have made the second part of their announcement. (laughs) That we don't know. We don't even know. The second part is clearly a Steam box. I know, but we don't know what it looks like or is or anything. We all hope it's basically the Vita TV, but talks to your pc in your other room but it does yeah. other stuff they've already said yeah. that, the, that it's uh the steam os supports streaming off your pc but then it right. also supports running linux native linux builds of games right off the box oh man okay yeah, so yeah. Someone, it's, someone a, it's can, a linux box there will be yeah. storage so yeah okay it's com- not gonna be someone, well it's an, it's an operating system so you anyone they've We're said like two things he's talking about steam box and you're talking about steam os no i know but i'm just saying like yeah they've the steam boxes i assume is just going to be w- like one version of 
Right, you a can, computer you can that build runs Steam a computer OS. at home and install yeah. SteamOS yeah. on it. I understand. I was you just talking specifically about the one Valve. Yeah, so, presum- yeah, I mean, presumably is going to so sell. Good, because literally yeah. three weeks ago, I had a PCPartPicker.com computer built for my living room, and I was like, seven hundred and two dollars. I'm going to do this. I'm going to use this thing all the time. I'm going to have this thing forever. This is going to be my this, this is going to be my media center PC. I'm going to play games on this as well. I'm doing this. It's fine. Uh-huh. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't buy it. I'm so <laughs> glad because this seems like it yeah. might solve my problems. Yeah. Because I have a nice, powerful computer sitting in a like, central office in my house with my Steam library. And yeah. like my wife really likes to play games. Like Especially she's more interested now in the PC games that I have downloaded but doesn't want to sit in the office with me. So that's the, so that's the problem we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. This might be it. Yeah. yeah, it seems like the intent is you can make a SteamOS variant Linux build of your game and then SteamOS as an operating system is designed to sit on top of desktop PC hardware but cut as much stuff as possible out that is not basically entirely about responsiveness and and frames per second. Um, mm-hmm. But then also it can transcode video off of your Steam client, which I guess is secretly just a weird video streaming server soon. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's really smart. Yeah. Like, it's the good part about stuff like OnLive without even trying to solve latency issues, you know, outside of your own home. Right. right. Like, because you know you have no control over your ISP, really. Well, so, like, right. don't even fucking and try. And I know people are saying, I've seen a fair number of people say, how are they going to do this? But AirPlay mirroring on iOS already does this. Like, if you have... Mm-hmm. An iPad, there's a lot of games that actually will just go over your Wi-Fi straight onto your TV through an Apple TV right now. And I know that's not, like, a really time-sensitive, uh, like, latency-sensitive latency You wouldn't play thing. Counter-Strike. You wouldn't play like. Counter-Strike on it. But, but probably a lot of the games that you would play with a controller on your couch right, right. will be better for yeah, it. Yeah, I think exactly. a lot of just third-person run-and-jumpy type stuff. Also... Competitive games are just going to get a SteamOS compiled build. Like, that's also for sure. guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, like, which, is, which is fine. Like, if your game really, really needs uh, super low-latency uh, input, then, like, yeah, just have yeah. a Linux build. Like, it's becoming much more common for games to get Linux builds now anyway. Largely, I would, I think, actually, thanks to Humble. Yep. More than, in this particular case, more than thanks to Steam. And also, as usual, Linux gamers like, yeah, Linux... Oh, but for this weird lockdown <laughs> variant that just yeah. boots into a front end. Yeah. Okay. Still yeah, I know. Well, that's what's Still so fu- that's what's so funny about it. Which honestly, from I really feel like, as far as Valve is concerned, this is the right way to pitch it. But like, th- this was an announcement that was obviously not made for Linux gamers. It was made for other people. It's like, yeah. which is you know, like which is I can imagine lin- like diehard Linux people being bummed out by that to some degree. But like, it's definitely the right way to position it because I don't. I don't care to, like, deal with a Linux distribution on my actual computer that I use. Like, I'm sure it's awesome and, like, great, and I'm sure it would be great, but I'm just not going to actually do it. Like, I'm not actually going to do that. But if it was, like, just quarantined to, like, the specific purpose where it just the whole thing is built around, you know, solving this goal, achieving this goal. It is actually more likely that SteamOS being Linux-based probably will actually create more... Linux dorks inside of the gaming community than it oh, would have sure, otherwise. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I think it's. it's, I think it's, it's, like it's no, no, it's clearly a, a net point. Yeah. yeah, it's clearly a net gain for the Linux community. I think. I'm just saying. I can imagine the like emotional feeling of this announcement Where's for like, someone. Why who's, isn't this just a front into Ubuntu? Why is yeah, it so right, a separate yeah, thing that doesn't exactly. show people the wonders of Linux? Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's really good. It's it's also awesome because it means you. I mean. Uh, assuming this is an affordable box, you know, assuming there's a version of this box that is affordable and is, you know, not con- not like just buying an entire second like powerful gaming computer. Those of us with who already have powerful gaming computers, like who are already pretty PC gaming like friendly already, um, like we don't need to have that like frustrating uh, internal monologue about like. Ah, do I like put my computer in my living room or do I like leave it in my bedroom or like do I put it in between and have some kind of other thing like just knowing that you can just run all your games off one thing in your house wherever you want to put it uh, is just is just like it's just a relief it's like okay I don't need to solve that problem it it gives the impression that you, you could conceivably have a Steam OS compatible piece of hardware that was effectively just what you were saying Sean that is just a PlayStation Vita TV or an Apple TV I imagine right like the smallest the, the thing that doesn't have to do any real time rendering yep. at all it just uh-huh. needs to 
display compressed video quickly because yeah. it's just a streaming hub. Mm-hmm. Um, Something on this, yeah, like a Raspberry Pi kind of thing where it yeah. still runs the OS, but like you're not expecting to do any computationally intensive shit on it. So the three icons were just a little circle, which was SteamOS, and then the circle inside of two brackets, which clearly yeah. looks like Steambox. And then JP postulated that the circle with a plus and then another circle actually just meant a dual stick controller. I've seen a few people and that is probably comment that on that. Is. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I could see, I could see. It makes sense because like pretty much Microsoft just has that market cornered right, right. now, and mm-hmm. it, especially if the Steam box itself, if there are some immediately announced licensed uh, makers of it, it seems like the, what. What Valve would probably be doing is saying whatever the piece of hardware in the middle is is irrelevant. You can get a Steam box from anywhere, but the thing that defines I'm playing on Steam, like from a aesthetics and branding standpoint, would be the big picture, and then whatever the controller. What the controller is, because yeah. the controller is the thing that you can take the big flashy picture of and say, mm-hmm. get Steam, plug any old computer in, yeah. and put this out, like slam this thumb drive into it, and you can play all these PC games. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's, it's weird that they wouldn't. If that's actually what those icons mean, it's weird that they wouldn't announce the controller on the same day as announcing the the system, right? Like, wouldn't yeah. that be wouldn't that be part of the thing? But maybe not. I don't even know. I think if, it depends. I mean, if they're decoupled in the by way the time you're hearing saying, this, you'll know. You'll know. We, we I imagine know. the reason they're not. <laughs> Idle thumbs wins again. Because I mean, by that logic, why not announce all of it at the same time? I well, just, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I sure. think they can get you excited on the next day about like, oh, the here's our like build specs for what a steam box compatible computer is, or here's the three yeah. people we're partnering with. And like, they can mm-hmm. marinate in that for two days and then they can say, or build your own with do whatever you want. And then plug this fucking controller into it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't know. No, it's true. Yeah. And they're or valve, so they know they'll free. get credit every time <laughs> or they know they'll get press every time. Yeah. Yeah. What? The two circles with the plus in the middle is probably just Gordon's eyes. It's probably Gordon's eyes with a cross. It's the G man. <laughs> The G-Man with a crosshair, <laughs> sniper yep. scope, like a finally you're gonna take out the G-Man. <laughs> if that's what even dissolved into that, <laughs> God, gross. Why would that be gross? That'd be amazing. We'd get halfway three. If, if what that if icon transformed transformed into a picture of the G-Man with a sniper, but then it zooms out and it turns eyes. out he's just holding the new Steam S <laughs> controller. <laughs> it then reassembles into right. the stylized other thing. Like yeah, and just, then he says. Ugh. Maybe you'll want to play our games with this, Mr. Freeman. And then it just he just fades away and the controller is all that's left. Yeah. That seems fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calling it Idle Thumbs classic <laughs> Call pr- it. predictions. That is the G-Man's eyes with a sniper scope, but he's holding the controller. Yeah. If they don't do that, Valve has botched this announcement and I will not buy it. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding the controller and then when he moves one of the sticks on his hand, the reticle moves off of his own eyes onto... <laughs> Uh, whatever. That's basically the best trailer for this that could ever exist. Is that <laughs> yeah? That the camera just fades onto was, the words "Half Life 3. <laughs> he actually moves the reticle out of the way and then spells the word "Half Life 3 <laughs> out of bullet holes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's just probably, it. That's probably close. Write it down. That's yeah. probably what it, I think. I'm not saying it's the it's right, but it's in the neighborhood. Okay, we'll yeah. say that at least part of what we're talking about will be included in that third image, <laughs> even if it's just a controller. Yeah. Or the G Man's face. One of those two. Or crosshairs. Or crosshairs. Yeah. Or the words Half Life Three written out of bullet holes. <laughs> it's one of those. If that was the official logo for that game, <laughs> it's so long. To, they spell out three. They don't actually write the three. With a word third. Yeah, it's just an obscene <laughs> amount of gunshots. Yeah. The third. Well, it's all just with the shitty Half-Life 2 pistol that fires as fast as you can click without any right. like regard for... The three is revealed by way of actually blowing enough holes in the wall that the structural integrity of it falls away, and then the word three is written there. Actually, no, it's not. Bricks are revealed behind it, which they then shoot the number three into. And then the G-Man walks out and gets shot, and then the controller drops out of the ground, and then the camera focuses on the controller. And then it says Half-Life 3 again in text. Uh, and then Gabe Newell the next day is like, I don't know why people think we're coming out with Half-Life 3. This was just <laughs> a teaser for our controller. Yeah. Uh, we thought this would be a fun way to make the announcement like that our fans arcs. would like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people will then zoom in on the G-Man's face and notice that he is, in fact, higher poly. <laughs> Probably true. That's probably true. This is we're erasing this part of the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening to Idle Thumbs. This is the final episode. We're taking a break forever. Thanks for listening. Video game.
What else is there to talk about? Chris playing a lot of Card Hunter. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I got really into Card Hunter. Wait, we're back! After you talked about it last week. We're back! Yeah. Yeah. Did we ever but leave? you're still doing that Splunky Daily Challenge. Can I get in on that? I am still doing the. I just, like, at replied, uh, like, Tom Francis and those guys and just right. said, can I be in your All club? Right. So. Maybe became I've, Steam friends recently. Maybe I can send him a, a note yeah. saying, hey, chap, look um, it up. Here's my YouTube. I fell on spikes. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, that's what's a, a funny thing about doing it. So I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm Well, like, you should explain what it is. Yeah. So the – oh, did I not talk about it last week? Maybe no. Not. Oh, I think this was my week anniversary is like was yesterday. Yeah, you haven't gotten into it. Yeah. Okay. So um, um, I think I did – the thing I did mention was when I was at um, PAX and I was hanging out with – like that crew with like Tom Francis and like Anthony Birch and Nico Harper and, and like Philippa war and, or no, she wasn't there, but she's one of the people like just a bunch of, bunch of people who all do this like Spelunky daily challenge every day on a website, which is Spelunky explorers club.com. Um, it's just a blog where they all every day record their Spelunky daily challenge run on the, the daily challenge feature on the PC version and upload it to like YouTube. With audio? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and upload it to YouTube, and so you can compare everyone's runs. Um, and uh, I've started. I started doing that as well about a week ago on that site. So if you go to SplunkyExplorersClub.com, you can see all of our runs each day. And it's really interesting because I've I, I, I hadn't really been doing the daily challenge regularly before. I think I, I think I mentioned that last week. Like the UI flow is like harder to get into. The daily challenge you have to make just, a very like cognizant effort. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, just yeah. to make sure that I know it is just everyone has the same random yes, seed. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so it's the only chance you have to compare people um, like to like. You know, as opposed to just I'm good, so I can get far in the game, right. but it doesn't necessarily track directly to someone else's run. Um, but in this case, everyone plays the same run every day, and each one is only available for 22, 24 hours. From midnight to midnight, Greenwich Mean Time, and uh, and that's it. And if you miss it, like you can't ever play the, the one you missed ever again. You only have one chance, unless you happen to get the exact same seed some other time. Well, you mean unless they happen to distribute it yeah. globally? No, I mean, you you're, unless your playthrough happens to roll the exact like that's twenty-four true. digit <laughs> number. In adventure mode. That's true. Well, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know if it's seeded or if it, or if there's any like. Hmm. Um, I'm really curious as to what that would be. Actually, I've been thinking yeah. about that a lot about how that yeah. is because you don't the, the the it must be something like that because the game doesn't it must be like a logarithm or something because the game doesn't update. I guess no, but I mean it could be data? it could be drawing something from the internet. Yeah, I mean it could be yeah. like behind the scenes. I don't know. I assume it's random, but it would be hilarious to me if uh, if Derek Yu or whoever actually had the ability to like, like mm, overwrite a day with like yeah just just actual created. Levels because they're like sometimes you just see some hilarious shit that you're like what come on now which is it happens in every randomly generated game but it invites more speculation oh. in this one because you know that every single day like everyone's playing the exact same thing and so it, you could totally imagine some asshole game designer finding those being random very little bits of level design that crack you up so good yeah it is two arrows shooting at each other with a spider right in the middle oh yeah so that stuff is great over yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball, just get yeah. instantly oh, so oh good. there's yeah, yeah little things like that it's really make this game just what what it is um so anyway so i've been i've been participating in this blunky explorers club and it's it's really changed how i play the game a lot because most days now like that's just the only run i'll do um because it's you're so much more invested you in the daily challenge what, sorry? I said you got to make it count. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I'm invested doubly. One, because it's a daily challenge and you know you only have one shot at this particular seed. But two, I'm recording it every time. So I know people are going to be evaluating it. So it just makes me more self-conscious, which probably makes me worse. Um, so – and then by the end of it, like d- dying in a daily challenge is so much more dispiriting than dying – in a normal run, because in a normal run, it doesn't matter. It just right. goes into the pot of failed runs. And, like, often after I... Well, they're all failures. That's the thing about Spelunky. Not for everyone. Some people can beat the game. But, um, oh. but yeah, for me... They're yeah, all, I didn't know you could. Yeah. <laughs> but what? for me, yes, they're all, they're <laughs> all failures. I've, yeah. I've never remotely approached the end. So, um, so in the you know, before I started doing this, I would play, like, several games at a time because I'd finish one and I'd be like, or I'll start again immediately because I, I want to make up for that. But now when I get to the end of a daily challenge that I've been recording, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh God, I last night was the worst example. I had, uh, it's the one from the 23rd, I think for when you're listening to this, I had like the most flawless run I've ever had 
up until the point where I died, where I just wandered into one of the man-eating plants and just it was an instant death. It doesn't take off health points. It's just you're dead. Right, and it was like thanks. a perfect run until that point. I had never done that well. And I'm sure part of that, it was just an easy seed, but it still just made it all the more crushing when I died to, in the, just the dumbest way, you know, just like compl- not like an interesting way, just a really mundane, banal death. And I, and I was just like, fuck this. And I just, you know, like I turned off my fraps and like I alt F4 out of Splunky and I haven't played it since then. Like uh, I'll, I'll play it again tonight to do the next daily challenge, but I'm, I'm more in this mode now where I'm just doing one per day. So I feel like it's raising the quality of my game to some degree because I'm more cognizant. But in the, but on the other hand, I'm, I don't have those runs that are just throwaways where I can just try shit right, like, risk-free. A lot of people last week said what you should actually be focusing on if you want to up your Spelunky game is doing whatever it takes to get the mole guys in so that you can yeah. practice later levels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know. That's, it's tough that's to do that on a daily now. challenge. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 tough to want to, to play that way. But I, I, I am getting better, I can tell. Um, I'm getting better in a different way. I'm just getting better at like precision and awareness. Same. In a general sense, as opposed to yeah. through things like that, you know, like as opposed to like drilling. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, but I'm really enjoying playing it this way. It's a, it's an, it's an interesting way to play a game. I've never quite mm-hmm. experienced anything like it before because this feature is not something most games have. Right. Um, and then when you add on the kind of public performance part of it, and then you also add on the comparison part right. where you're watching all the other people on the site and seeing how they did it. And like some of the people are just so much better. Like Anthony Birch is just so much better at this game than I am. Are there uh, people who ever cut together multi-screen montages of the Explorers Club? Like that find level start through death? Oh, I've never seen that. No, that'd be hard. It would diverge so quickly. Yeah. But, but I no, I mean, it would be a cool thing to try. I've never, I haven't seen it, but yeah. Um, it's only been going for a few weeks. I think it's the first I think they started on like September 8th or something. Or doing that backwards where you line up the point where everyone dies. So that oh, hold on. All... Actually, let me append okay. what I just said. They might have been doing it longer than that, but the current website only goes back that far. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, just It would be a weird montage if it was the opposite of a Super Meat Boy one where all the, the longest playthrough was the only one you were watching. And then as other people, like if the very last frame of it was Spelunky Explorer, of uh, was whatever, nine people dying in completely different parts of the game. But then you back it from there. <laughs> so, that so, way, so it just starts with one playthrough right. and the other ones just come online. Right. But that way, whenever. like, if four people did happen to die on the exact same thing, you would see it. Because at the right. very end, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone would just yeah, walk yeah, yeah. the mandating plant where uh, that's one hilarious. person is, like, in the ice world or whatever. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That would take a little bit of life, of human life to do. It wouldn't be but. hard. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be any harder than making them all start at the same time. That's true. You know what I mean? If you have a linear editing program, you what just What you could probably actually do if they're all on YouTube is just find the time codes for... You could probably actually make a web-based Automated. version yeah, of that yeah, I'm sure you could, if you yeah. found the time yeah. of death. Anyway, whatever. Weird idea. <laughs> now barfed into a microphone for no reason. It's all thumbs. So yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying Splunky Explorers Club. You were saying Chris has been dumping money into Card Hunter? No, no, no I haven't spent time, I haven't spent a single cent on it. I mean, yeah, for sure, but I haven't also. But the thing is, money spent on Card Hunter, I I doubt, decreases the amount of life you spend on Card Hunter, right? Right. So, like, I mean, you might get less far, but you're probably going to just spend the same amount of time you would one way or the other. But you you bit on Card Hunter. Oh, yeah. It's really good. And I actually don't – I actually – we got a bunch of emails last week saying – and this is one of the things that's frustrating to me about – free-to-play games, honestly. A bunch of people are like, no, 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 Card Hunter's not, like, exploitative. You can just play it. Get, like, if you want to pay, just get the $25 basic set, and, like, that's all you need to ever get, and it's fine. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. It sucks that you just have to know that because people who you trust tell you so. Because there's a lot of AAA games that aren't like that. Because this game does have the thing where it's, like, monthly stuff, and, like, buy more pizza to get more gold. Like, it has systems in it that could, they could easily be attached to a game that with fairly small amount of tweaking um, was tuned to re- to strongly penalize you for right. not putting. Money and I was into actually incorrect. Things. I was corrected that the the um, icons on weapons that you can't equip yet is a balance thing, not at all. Not an energy it's, system. Yeah, not an energy system. Yeah, but it just had the icon that looked like energy in an iOS game that was yeah. free to play. So yeah. I just 
I threw it in the bin with the rest of the Sure, yeah, yeah. Mechanics. I forgot, I'd forgot about you mentioning that. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah, yeah I, I was corrected. Well, so I was confused about that, actually. I did a look up on the internet what those were, because you start getting weapons with that little it. icon a yeah. long time before you can actually I have a your guys them, yeah. raise to that level. How many? And a it, buttload. And it's not on the help section of the Card Hunter website. Like, I do eventually find the unofficial Card Hunter wiki and read about it. Um, it's not well explained. And so mm-hmm. I was just like, is this a thing I need to buy? And is also, it's it, going to happen eventually? The what graphic design on it is different than the rest of the game. It just, yeah, it's like a weird abstract little Yeah, it orb. looks like, a, like yeah. an iOS, it looks like an OS 9. Yeah. Like a Mac OS icon. Yeah. Weird. A yeah. lightning bolt. But anyway, we're focusing on shit that I don't want to talk about because it's not actually that bad. Oh, so you, talk more about the monetization yeah, model. The, <laughs> the game is like amazing. What, what happened to you? Why? Why, I, I mean, I'm playing. I still, I still, I still like it a lot. But what, what why for you? What gotcha? It's just, I, I mean, I, it's hard to explain. But it's just, what gotcha? It's a really good tactics game. Like I'm, I'm not a card game guy, generally speaking. Like I don't, I, I I've tried to get into to Magic a couple times just because like people at work play it and stuff, and I just can't. Like I just can't do it. Like I don't like having to have all the cards and shit. Um. But this game just feel it. The, it just feels like a good. It feels like a good structure on which to build just a really well made tactics game with like a lot of really interesting um, abilities and really good balance and tuning. Um, it feel like I have I play a lot of battles in this game where I win with like one where a character dies or maybe even two characters die and I just have one left or like. I end up with like a crazy cat and mouse game where it's just one of my characters and one like enemy boss character, the only ones left on each side, and we're like cycling through our decks and like it's all about positioning and and it's it's really cool. Like I I love those moments because it, a lot of times tactics games, I feel like you have to just optimize towards either perfect play. Like they either you you either are really incentivized to end the battle with all of your characters standing or they're kind of puzzle-ish like um, Advance Wars or something. And I like games of those categories for sure. Like Fire Emblem, I would say, in the first category and obviously Advance Wars I mentioned. Um, There's a lot of games that are like that that I enjoy. But Card Hunter feels to me like a more robust design overall. Um, It feels like it will stand up really well with a lot of different maps and like as your characters grow and gain abilities, like they seem like they've figured out good balance curves and um, just general tactical interplay that is really well pitched and really satisfying and um, has like a decent amount of kind of player style uh, input, like not a, not a huge amount. Like you're not adjusting your, party composition all the time like you are in XCOM or at least right. I'm not. I don't know if that's no, a thing people do. do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they just sort of doubled down on this like three character archetypal class thing and just put all their efforts into making that as balanced and solid as possible and it really pays off. Like I, I'm surprised I, how well the enemy encounters are balanced actually. Mm-hmm. I was thinking too. about that yeah, while I was totally. the cast. Yeah. yeah. Just the way that the power and skills of enemies matches up with the sort of layout of the level that they've mm-hmm. or the, the playing field. And uh, one thing I found that I liked about it, the thing that I sort of realized I was doing, and that was just tonight, was that with Magic, right, a card game like that that is has so it, it's predicated so much on randomness, just how mm-hmm. you draw your deck. Um, this game is less that way because you equip your guy out and you know what cards he has or she has. So whatever your first draw is, is sort of just laying out for you a strategy you probably should take. I mean, how is that not, how is magic not like that? Cause you still can, you can just get, magic. But, um, yeah, but I think there's, it's, there's one big deck versus three small decks. Okay, sure. Totally. I think it's kind okay, of what I'm trying to say. That's yeah, already yeah. meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, I feel like my deck in card hunter is more, a series of strategies I'm going to take. Mm-hmm. Whereas with magic, I'm like, man, I hope I get yeah. off to a good start. I totally agree with you. And I think I would add to that. So another thing I don't really like about magic and I, I some people love this and I think that's great. And like, it's not, a, I don't have anything against it, but the deck construction, 
it oh, just, it's not for me. Yeah, when you're dealing with like yeah. essentially an infinite number of cards, yeah. you know, I just I can't deal with it. It's just too overwhelming. It's too much. I don't want to have to learn every card in this whole game. I like that that in Card Hunter, the cards, at least as of now, are a lot more elemental. Like they're not – it's not like every single card is like a different crazy thing with a bunch of specific rules. There's like very just – like when I, when I play Magic, I feel like I would always personally enjoy it more – with fewer big crazy like god cards mm-hmm. and really just just the basic cards that do the basic things right. and then just construct your strategy out of those basic building blocks. Right. You know, that's that's the that's the part of it I like is just the strategic part. Right. That's actually why I like Dominion. Sure, yeah. right. Uh, and this game goes even further than that in a way because you're not even equipping individual cards, you're equipping items that come with like three to five or whatever cards each. So it, it kind of forces you to not min max per card because you can't, you can't pick and choose every single card in your deck. You're like, well, I'm going to pick this kind of ax and that has like these six cards. And generally speaking, like this collection of six cards fits in the general strategic direction I'm going. And I feel like it, it, it keeps you, at least me, it keeps me from drilling down too far into this sort of, really detailed micro construction that I just don't, I just don't want to bother with. Right. I just, that's, a, it's one of the things I don't like about collectible card games. And so I kind of doubled down on that actually in the new duels of the planeswalkers. And I just mm. like a week ago deleted it off my iPad. Cause I realized Oh, the magic was, game. Like, yeah, yeah. Building your deck was, they really put a lot of time and energy yeah. into that yeah, system, just, into the like app. It. And I was like, Oh, I mean, it makes sense, right? If that's their main, it totally does. And there's people like the but people it just, at, it's just, at double fine who play me. Like they love that stuff and yeah. it's cool. Like it's great. Like they have very deep conversations about it and like that's awesome. But it's just definitely not for me. Um, I feel like Card Hunter, they've found a way to take the specific attributes I do enjoy about games like that and put them in a context that is, at least for me, just less out in the weeds. And on top of that, they executed it just really cleanly yeah. like it looks really it's it's not even a theme that i have any personal like nostalgia for like Same. i never played D D or Same. anything growing up like, I, I think have, it's awesome know. i really like it yeah me too like, like I, I enjoy it without being nostalgic for it totally yeah. it's just well executed it's yeah. just a good clean um version of what they're trying to do it's also it's really this is a stupid adjective to use maybe but it feels really honest about what kind of game it is where it's just like okay yeah this is a goofy fantasy card game mm-hmm. just yeah. yep totally there's no like serious also, veneer. It cracks me up that the GM's brother is basically just like a total fucking loser. Like a like yeah. he's like presented as like the guy who knows it all. The tough but, older what brother. What is he like yeah. he's standing around making fun of his little brother playing D D for like yeah. hours and hours on end and like criticizing everything he says? It's fucking hilarious. Like I don't even know if that was the intention I had or friends not. But who like, had brothers that I, were that age or that dis, that yeah. that age difference. Who would basically do that stuff? And I remember being like, "Oh, he's a senior in high school, yeah, and we're in the seventh grade." So like, he was like a man mm-hmm. and just giving yeah. a shit about whatever yeah. we were doing. And just, right. I'm like, and then I realized, I look back, I'm like, "Yeah, we were sitting in this this family's basement all summer playing Nintendo 64, and he was just basically shitting on us the entire time." Yeah, I'm like, oh wait, that That's was a, cool that guy. was the <laughs> summer before his senior year of high school. Yeah, he had a car and a like, he. And I thought of what my summer of that scene before senior year was, and I'm like, oh, wait, that guy was a fucking loser. But like in my little, like a seventh grade head, I was like, that guy's yeah. badass. This guy's a yeah. boss. That guy's he's a grown up cool guy. He's got yeah. all the best slams on my Mario Kart <laughs> oh play. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like he was always sort of alluded to that he had porn somewhere, which was like a big fucking deal, you uh-huh. know? Oh, yeah. So cool. <laughs> What are we doing now? Does Card Hunter have any multiplayer stuff in it? Yeah, yeah I haven't it played any of it I've yet. heard it's not really what... Is it just PvP? People don't seem to be super into it, but yeah, I, I haven't played it. Is it just PvP? I don't even know. You guys should try playing. I would like to play co-op, but I doubt it is that. I would I would love to... If, if it has co-op, I'd love to, but co-op I don't, I don't think nuts. that's what it is. I think it's, That'd be good. I, I like think it. it's multiplayer. That would also versus. be really weirdly evocative of D&D in a more extreme way. I'm sure it's written on a whiteboard at Blue Manchu Games yeah. if it is not mm-hmm. in the game yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd hop on Skype and play some call. I, d- I guarantee you it's not, or I would have heard about it. You guys it should fight each other. I don't want to fight Chris. Come on. Eh, Come on. Yeah, he's my friend. Come on. <laughs> all right, Chris, I have to fight you. <sighs> Fine. Come on. I'm going to buy all that pizza first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean rolls in, having invested $300 in the game. I've eaten 50 slices of pizza. Let's do this. 
I'm a little, my I'm a little like, oh. I'm kind of curious in a somewhat pessimistic way about where the like pizza girl story goes. You know what I mean? I that? doubt. No, that's never going to pay off. It's the just a pizza it, girl story. Yeah. I just, it's such a like geeky dudes in the basement lusting after pizza delivery girl. Like what? It's like that, hopefully that, that part of the story is a little complete, fucking suspicious that to me. Re- that, that, but, is Melvin the brother? Um, or is Melvin the, the DM? Oh, I can't even remember. I think Melvin's the If the that goes guy, anywhere I other can't. than either nowhere or someone <clears throat> trying to actually be like, put myself out there and just getting shut down, they have failed. Because, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Complete disinterest from Pizza Girl is necessary. Well, she starts, she to, she nice. starts to be like, oh, what do you guys plan down there in the basement? Yeah, she seems... Which is oh, like... My, my Pizza Girl interest is peaked. It's, it's... I don't know. I'm... I'm I can imagine it ending up in a really dumb place, but we'll see. We'll Maybe see it turns goes. out that she sits down, masters it immediately, and usurps the other guy's DM and then just wrecks you. Could be. Maybe. Who's to say? We should speculate. I'm going to keep playing this game, so we'll see. We'll for find, the we'll find Pizza out. Girl story. No, that's mainly. All, that's I'm mainly I mainly play video games for the story, so, uh, you know. Mostly, especially if it involves <laughs> Pizza Girl. Especially Pizza Girls. Yeah. I'm going to go read a wiki and find out Pizza Girl spoilers. I don't think it's, I don't, it doesn't, it, it, there's no terminus for that story yet. I think it's still waiting for us. Mm. There's a lot of game in this game, it seems, for free. I mean, there's, I, you know what I mean? Like, I've been mm-hmm. playing it a bunch. You're all the way through the first, like, major area that they open up, I imagine? Um, I don't know. I mean, it keeps just more, th- every time I beat a level, like, more levels pop up, right. so I don't really know. But, uh, what but I mean, the dungeons are you able to get into? Like seven or eight. Okay, you're on like five. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like the 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 level I mean the, the twenty five dollar thing I guess comes with like more just campaign stuff. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I mean that seems fine. Like yeah. I'll I wanna support these guys because I really enjoy what I've played. Like that seems fine to me. So if that's actually like if that is a good self contained purchase where you just don't need to bother with other shit. Then that seems fine. Like you still get pizza occasionally during the game without having to pay money yeah, for it. Sort of, I it's, have. A, it's like an energy. So, I mean, currency, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not super concerned about the free to play stuff at this point, just based on the feedback other people have given us after that discussion last week. Right. Um. And I really like the game. So, cool. Good job, Umanchu, Jonathan Che and company. Cool. Want to take a real break? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Video games. We're back. Jake hit me. Jake just struck me. We had one rule, Jake. It was a hit of love. You have a nerds rope and you go bonkers. You can smell that nerds rope. When he turns to me and he makes that <laughs> oh, stupid no. face and he goes, <sighs> how Jake does, I just yeah. get hit with like a wave oh, of gross. rainbow. Oh, wave I'm of glad flavor. I don't sit next to Jake right now. Yep. So thank I mean, I can you, already smell it, but uh, yeah, speaking of that. Idle Thumbs fan, David Huang, he's a secret, Asian, secret man Asian man on the forums, for this delightful candy package that came to the office. We got sent a candy bounty. He came by PAX and gave me nerds ropes to give to Jake, and then he I, like him. an asshole... Well, I didn't lose them. I know like exactly... ate them. I know where they are. They were in the Double Fine booth, so I suspect other Double Fine people ate them. Or other Double Fine volunteers ate them. But. Tim is just sitting at home, <laughs> chomping into his 15th yeah. nerds rope of the night. Yeah. So they were sustenance for nerds, just not the correct one. I think that these are generally themed towards us, but there's no candy for Nick. No can- no love for Nick? No because there's nerds Nick. ropes for me, there's band-aids for Sean's <laughs> broken leg, and there's coins, I believe, for Lord Chris Ramo. Yeah. And there's fuck all for fuck Nick. There's well, a car. He has a car, but I'm sure it's his blank. <laughs> oh, it's just an envelope. There's <laughs> a cardboard in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. So yeah, thanks, David. Yeah, thank you so much. I've it's already really eaten nice. some of the nerds rope. Confirmed that that's true. I'll, I'll eat more of it tonight. You should post a video of you eating it to the forum. Maybe it's supposed to find of me eating the remaining oh, nine nerds ropes. Gross. Oh, God. I'd have to leave. God, that would be a, like that would be weeks. a pretty good vine. No, you could just just marathon them. I, uh, I don't know if I physically could marathon nine you've, nerds you've ropes. You've eaten multiple nerds ropes in a session I've before. had three nerds ropes in a sitting. I would yeah. say, I would put $500 down saying you could do it. I could, for clearly, sure. Clearly. He clearly could do it. Serving size, that was only one rope. 
according to the nutrition. Right, but you, I mean, I, I would it's say already you, disgusting. You're nine times the man who could eat one nerd's rope, in that a four year old eats nerd's <laughs> ropes. Right, yeah, these are intended for a person one tenth your body mass. Yeah, so therefore I could eat ten nerd's ropes. That's yeah, this is true. actually he sent you one serving. He's a scientist. David knows that he sent you one serving of nerd's <laughs> rope. I would have to probably open up all of the nerd's ropes and then like. Braid, braid them, them or like twist one, like, them into one nerd's like, cable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like a load nerd's bearing. twine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like more a ship with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then eat it. On Vine. Oh. Read, reader mail? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, wait, no, this was talking about something else. Oh! Video game company owner Jake Rodkin eats nine ner- <laughs> nine nerds ropes at once. Yeah, we were making a video game. Congratulations, um, buddy. Oh, Good thanks. Job. Thinking um, about it makes me tired. <laughs> oh, I didn't think I've been tired this entire podcast. Yeah. That's all I've been thinking about. That yeah. nerds ropes. It seemed weird to not talk about on the podcast, but Sean and I and some other folks, including Ollie Moss and Nels Anderson, who were on two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. are putting together a company to make a computer game. And it's called Camposanto at camposantogames.com. Yes. We'll use both. Hopefully it'll, it, hopefully it'll be camposanto.com, not too sure. One of these days. Now, but camposantogames.com. You can follow us on Twitter at camposanto. Review us on iTunes. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Tell your friends. Um, it's going to be a long time until we actually talk about a video game because it takes a long time to make a video game. But uh, that's happening, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like working with you. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. It's nice. I like having a company with you. Thanks. <laughs> Good. I don't know. When I have to ask permission for something, I just ask you. You can't have any of these nerds ropes. Oh, man. Well. Owned. You can have one. Thank you. Very well, nice. Uh, one nerd. <laughs> As a, there's one nerd stuck in your beard. <laughs> <laughs> you can have this beard nerd. <laughs> a beard nerd is a different thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's many things. There's a disambiguation page about beard nerds. <laughs> Uh, reader mail? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Want to keep talking about that? No, I got nothing to talk about. I mean, I don't know. Check it out. It's cool. It's been fun and weird to do so far, but we don't have a lot of game yet. Games. I miss our Telltale friends. I miss them. A lot. I see them. You don't see them. They don't talk to you anymore. Wow. They actually do. <laughs> I know. That, I just, that's a complete lie. I wouldn't say that on the podcast if it was true. <laughs> yeah we don't know how to keep talking about this so now i'm just gonna keep saying yeah 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 We're, it's easier you to guys... be on the podcast when you act like you don't have a life outside of the podcast <laughs> yes it's much easier to, to be on it yeah reader mail yes all right <laughs> i couldn't tell if you guys were done <laughs> Well, there's nothing to say, right? Like, yeah, that's sure. Thing. It's like you're just getting a bunch of people together to make a video game, and there's nothing to say other than that. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, working with Panic, they're the best. You're gonna keep talking. I don't know. Well, we keep mining for information. Chris is getting back into that hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> Inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have a question, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Please. Other people have done that. Amongst, amongst them, Nick. Ronald Ronald Hayden, oh. uh, who writes, Ursula K. Le Guin now hates you. Hello, Thumbs. What? After your recent discussion of Ursula K. Le Guin as a children's author, she now hates you, particularly Nick Brecken. Ms. Ms. Le Guin is a science fiction author who's been publishing since the golden age of the field. That's what I thought. She is famous for such adult-oriented works as The Left Hand of Darkness, a 1969 book exploring gender by presenting a planet with a species that has no particular gender that has had scholarly dissertations written about it. Ms. Le Guin hates Star Wars for having displaced serious science fiction with action-oriented children's fantasy. One can hope she appreciates the recent reemergence of adult science fiction films such as Children of Men, Moon, and Europa Report, Europa Report, uh, as these are the sort of works she would no doubt want to be associated with. Thank you for single-handedly destroying her reputation among modern, unsuspecting podcast listeners. Ronald Hayden. Attorney at law. I would like the record to reflect that I asked who Ursula K. Le Guin was because I was uncertain because she had written a foreword for a book I was reading. But I knew that I should know her name. I did not sully her name. I knew her name, but I, I, was not I, guess, I, I guess I thought of her as primarily... Oh, children's authors simply just because going back to the well. No, I'm explaining why because 
I mainly know her name from my childhood, where I think I had you at least one of her books, sci-fi. and I knew at least some other kids who had books by her. So um, that's the reason I had that association in my brain. Do you think she really hates Star Wars, or do you think that's the reader is editorializing? I don't know. I wouldn't. If you're Ursula, I don't know Le Guin, enough about Ursula K. Le Guin. Please write in at questions at idlethumbs.net and give us a on a scale of one to ten, rate Star Wars. <laughs> All six films, and then actually preemptively rate the next three. Hmm. That would be nice if you're. If you're a futurist, you should be able to do that, right? Right. You're the sci-fi author, Ms. Le Guin. <laughs> I heard that she hates us, and I don't know why. Yeah, weird. Why well, hadn't given her a reason to hate me yet? Right. So I, see. I felt sure. like I was missing out. Yeah. Yeah. So our first game at Campo Santo is actually in uh, concert with a Ursula K. Le Guin novel. Oh, it's transmedia. It's a transmedia property. Mm-hmm. It's for children. It's called The Left Hand of Darkness. Mm, it's like a kid. It's like a kid's game. It's like for kids. It's an Oculus only game where <laughs> you use one Hydra in your left hand, and your right hand must be asleep. So you have to sit on it. <laughs> Otherwise, the game will not. Oh, that sounds pretty interesting. Hey, it's uh, That's, hey man, it sounds bad. I'm making industry. Industry is not ready for it. Oh, partner, <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, I'm just reading some emails. Uh, okay, so someone tagged this. I haven't read this email. We'll see how it goes. Daniel Ames writes, Evolving Mechanics. Hey, Thumbs. I know you guys are big fans of mechanics that lead to emergent gameplay, such as a grenade rolls down a hill. Oh, yeah, we love that. That's <laughs> our favorite mechanic. I would say on the list of mechanics, that is our favorite one. <laughs> but I was curious if you ever find the presence of... <laughs> Sorry, I just think about it on a whiteboard. But <laughs> campus down a hill. But I was curious if you ever find the presence of persistent mechanics, even well-designed ones to limit gameplay. Man, sorry. You just said the words campus and office. One of my one of my coworkers today came up to me and he's like, "Hey man, so that company that your friend started is their office like like in a lawyer's office because it has like crazy leather couches and stuff." And I'm like, "Oh, that's just Sean's apartment." Uh, but it made me like imagine the version of an actual video game office that just looks like where every all the like furnishing a, yeah. is just is like that. Stained I got that. On a leather couch. I yeah. got that couch from a lawyer from his office who no longer wanted it. Really. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. He's nailed it. Nailed <laughs> That's my it. lawyer's couch. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, the lawyer's couch is also, an the, motive, is also the mode of speech oh. that an attorney uses <laughs> to like, <laughs> soften the, the blow when, when horrible lit- oh, I see litigation. I see the lawyer's couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, anyway, this person continues... I started thinking about this when I was watching World War Z and I drew comparisons to The Last of Us. So I haven't seen World War Z, just for reference here. I saw a mound of zombies take down a helicopter, though. Yeah. Um, In World War Z, Brad's Pitt character, spoiler alert. Brad's Pitt? Brad's Brad's Pitt (laughs) character. Brad's Pitt. (laughs) Um, All of the Brad's Pitt characters, you know, if you will. (laughs) Um, They, uh, so this is a spoiler alert, he says. So sorry, I don't know. Uh, Brad Pitt's character runs from zombies even when armed with a rifle. It's a natural response when faced with a dozen apparent human beings trying to eat your face. Because even if you are able to dispatch all your attackers, who knows if you're going to find more ammo down the road. In The Last of Us, even though one of the mechanics is scrounged to survive, supplies are limited, to a certain degree, I always felt I could expend a pretty sizable amount of ammo, Molotovs, or whatever to clear the area I was in. Because afterwards, I knew I'd be able to scrounge the next area to restock. When the gameplay is highly tuned... Uh, when the gameplay is highly tuned, usually the game is fun enough to hold one's interest until the end. Um, but most of the time, the mechanics uh, can become stale, and the gameplay uh, often doesn't keep me interested. I was wondering if you guys find the concept of an established, unchanging mechanic in a game um, shoehorning the gameplay into a stale experience. Can you think of any examples when mechanics shift or evolve during the course of a game to provide a more dynamic experience? Like, what if a game uh, like Fable, as your character ages, what if he becomes less agile, maybe losing the ability to dodge or block, thus forcing the player to come up with other solutions to provide to previous rote combat encounters? I think it would be an interesting concept that can open up a lot of possibilities, but I can't for the life of me think of a game that does something like this, much less one that does it well. Thanks, and keep up the good work. P.S. Rate them on iTunes. Good little, good little postscript there. That's nice. You should rate us on iTunes. Yeah, this is interesting. I've been thinking about this kind of thing a lot recently. I don't really have a good solution to it. Um, but Master Chalice, which is the game that Brad Muir is leading at Double Fine, which was kickstarted recently, um, one of the things that's kind of cool about that game is that it's a it's a tactical strategy game played over many generations. So individual characters 
age and eventually die. Like they, they could die in battle and then they're dead, but they can also, if they don't ever die in battle, they will eventually just die of natural causes because they're humans. Um, and you know, none of, none of this is, none of the specific, um, outcomes of that are set in stone, uh, on a mechanical level, but you know, Brad and those guys have thrown around a lot of ideas regarding what happens to characters as they age and how that affects their, um, their fighting ability or their ability to perform other tasks and like what roles might be available, available to them as they get older that are different, but still useful relative to combat, things like that. So, I mean, it's not quite the same as being a character who, uh, you know, inhabiting a character in a, in a, like a first or third person game whose skill set changes over time. But, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that for related reasons. Yeah. I'm really bad at these type of questions because I don't really. Yeah, it's tough to just come up with shit off the top of your head. About games like that. I mean, I I think about it when I like critically analyze a certain text, but I don't think about I don't categorize games in my brain as like this is the mechanics that it has. It just makes me think about games with really long build chains in general, where they're long enough that you don't ever use anything that's at the starting point of the chain. But I think you could probably use that idea. What are you talking about when you say that? Or not, like not build chain, sorry, but like upgrade paths. Like mm, just like mm, mm, a Skyrim could conceivably do this if your character also got older as they leveled up. But the way that Skyrim chooses to do it is you just your shit gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more ornate. But you could probably start lacing thematic content that goes with your character is wiser, therefore this. Like as the attacks get more powerful, technically, like statistically, you could probably put a thematic wedge into that where mm-hmm. your guide went the things the things that you're doing mage. later are because you're older like yeah. just instead of just you can chain five million attacks yeah. together i don't know because well, you never use the early yeah. stuff in, in right right once you outgrow it once yeah. you outgrow it yeah it's interesting because i feel like he's actually kind of presenting two totally different contexts here one of which is that one of which is like a character changing over a long period of time mm-hmm. um, as a result of sort of developing proficiency or aging or whatever. The other then the other is like just a human being in different situations will do totally different things. But most right. games, you have a specific skill set that you apply to like every single right. encounter that you have in your life, basically, unless it's a cutscene. Um, that is the harder problem for sure. Yeah. And I think the one that is more that is more damaging to games, generally speaking. Like I was um, thinking about this. Uh, related to GTA today. I haven't played GTA five yet, but like uh, I think Patricia Hernandez was talking, brought up something about like the chaotic nature of GTA on Twitter. And I was thinking about how the thing that I generally really like, or one of the things I really like about GTA games is just walking. I've talked about this before, just walking around the city, like existing in the city, kind of just soaking in all the atmospherics that they do really well in those games, like the day night cycle and the, just the, soundscape of the urban environment and like the you know elevated train going above you and the traffic swirling around and like all the things that happen when the city is not just plunged into chaos but in a gta game you're just always on the knife like you're the slightest thing will just plunge everything into chaos always because you just have this one tool set that's just wallpapered over everything regardless of what you atmospherically would be doing or feel like you should be doing or want to do the only way you really have direct agency is like, even if you're just running around, like you hit people and they get mad right. in a way that's just going to mention that. Yeah. yeah just everything it's in like the how game. I feel about is a like, jump button, believe it or not. Mm-hmm, like I feel like sure. the broad application of a jump button is just sort of a, you know, the, you, tone, fuck tone. Right. Because you're <laughs> jump. like well, 25% yeah, who, of your verbs is in jump. life. Like ever. I and, I, yeah. and I love When's jumping in games, but When's like, last time you jumped like in earnest. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're a kid, probably. I always like, like contextual jump, like something like Zelda or something. Mm-hmm. The newer ones like that, where you hit an edge and you hit an action button and the guy jumps. Yeah. That's always. Um, so yeah, I mean that, and that stuff's hard. That stuff is really difficult to solve. I don't have an answer, really, a good one right now. This second. I mean, unless you just thematically wrap your game around that one thing, right? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But I mean, that's that's what, sure, well, that's what most that's what right. games often do. Yeah, I'd like, say Portal is good. I was going to say in that same vein, that's I think sort of like Cart Life is good. Is that Cart Life? Totally. Is, Cart Life is a story about a life that is repetitious, mm-hmm. re- like forced, regardless yeah. of the context of that guy's life. He has to do the yeah. same tasks. But Cart Life is brilliant in that respect because yeah. it also breaks out of it in a way. That it even even games that match though. the theme, yeah, but it's fine. I mean, like yeah. you you f- make decisions based on like you make decisions based on how to get home. Like, are you going to take a cab or a or a bus, or are you going to walk or whatever? And like those feed into the larger game system, but they're also human decisions 
like I guess that's technically an adventure game, but it's it's not adventure game so much as it is just making a decision that ties into right. the larger context of the game, both narrative and mechanically. Yeah. Like Cart Life is is just really good with that stuff generally. Um I that game is really smart. There are a few games that are that smart about how they integrate their narrative and mechanics, I think. Yep. Goddamn Cart Life. Yeah, those just those moments to give you an entirely new context on the exact same material that you're doing because your yeah. life is different is really good. Yep. Papers Please does a good job with that as well. I haven't played the, the release version actually. I need mm-hmm. to do that. I keep forgetting because I played a bunch of the you know, the version, yeah, the yeah, previous yeah. version before the the final one was on sale. Um, so I guess I need to get that because people the discussion surrounding it seems to agree that it's even a considerable step up cool. and it was already really good I thought. So that game, I thought, did a really good job with that stuff. Cool. Want to read one more reader mail? Sure. From one more person? One more cool guy? One more reader? We've only done one. No, we've done two, I think. Oh. There's Ursula K. Le Guin hating us. Oh. Don't forget yeah. that she hates us. And we're done for today. That's it? Yeah. Why not? It's oh. hot in here. We look tired. Okay. That's the first time anybody's ever said the sentence, it's hot in here, and Chris has not made a Nelly reference. It's been like three times tonight, and I haven't done it any of those times. I'm really proud of you. Thanks, John. This whole episode. A lot of growth, a lot of change. I know. I tried to adjust my verbal mechanics to... The sun is setting on the... your your Nelly referencing days. You still hmm. made the weird but face, But the sun though. also rises. What? Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, write us at questions at net. Also, write us on iTunes, said that guy in his email. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. Okay. The- anyway, I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> <laughs> you're the man now, dog. That yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 you're the yeah, man yeah. now, dog. Oh, punch the keys, for God's sake. <laughs> Oh, you can break these cuffs. I can break these cuffs. All right. We're doing this? Do you guys know about that internet that they have? It's a distributed network of... of, um, I have that on my telephone. Animated GIFs of Captain Picard. (laughs) Oh, of the USS Enterprise? Yes.